Gene and Roger is the story of the two most powerful, influential movie critics of their time, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert. You can find Gene and Roger on the Big Picture feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a quick trailer. It seemed like a crazy idea for a TV show. Take two rivals and let them duke it out about movies. But Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert quickly became the most popular film critics in the country. Millions of viewers tuned in to see whether they vote thumbs up or thumbs down. This is the story of two unlikely superstars who changed the way we argue. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Brian Raftery, and this is Gene and Roger. Listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Priceline. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place, whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. For me, my happy place is in the Mediterranean. I think I've mentioned that. Maybe it's why I like Love Island so much because they're right by the Mediterranean. But I just love the feeling of being in the sea and it's just a great sea. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals. And you even get to choose your crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. And for me, I'd love to go on a trip to the Mediterranean with friends. In fact, I might be doing that in the near future. I have done it before, and it was really some of the most fun I've ever had. I went to Sicily. We had some great swimming there, me and my friends. Anyway, if you want to have a similar experience, download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy price with Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right, it's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet and the other... Well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Marriage is a lot. Yeah. And it's not all it's cracked up to be. No, for sure. Like, and like, yeah, and I, that's the thing is like, I've lived through it. Like I've lived through watching my parents f- it up. That's not the same thing though. Right, like definitely, but like watching a train wreck is not the same as actually being in that train wreck, right? Let's say marriage gets hard, which I don't care who you are, it gets uh, hard. Yeah. What's your plan? Like, how are you going to fix that? We, Katie and I, have a thing going on here, and it's just promising ourselves that we'll do anything to make it right and keep it. Yeah, that's not how it works. <laughs> no. Like, I mean, cute, but. I mean, ultimately, that's not how anything works. Welcome to Bachelor Party. Katie's season has just concluded, but the fun here on Bachelor Party is just beginning because I'm joined by my pal, my colleague, my friend, Mallory Rubin. Hi, Mal. Welcome to the pod. Juliet. As is always the case, I am honored and overwhelmed to be here with you. I am also, like Blake, just stressed out. 
if I may quote Blake, just stressed out for watching this. Oh, oh my, my god! Oh my god! What a weird finale on so many levels. Format was weird. Oof. This is like the only time we've only had like one fantasy suite. I think actually mm. kind of happened on Colton season, but we'll come back to that. Um, it was just really fucking weird. And then the Katie and Greg tete-a-tete was one of the most uncomfortable things I've watched in recent memory. I also subjected myself to watching it several times to really like be able to discuss it. And the second time I had to pause, I was like, this is really hard to get through. Like, this is just really, really uncomfortable. We're going to break, we're going to break it all down. We haven't talked about this season together that much. So I'm like really excited to, to dig into it. I think we'll go chronologically through the episode more or less. I don't know. Maybe we should just talk about the Greg stuff up top since they started that way. Can I just ask you though? For you for the journey. I'm curious what you think about Blake. We haven't really discussed him. I, and the reason I ask is I could see you having a fondness for Blake. (gasps) Oh God. I'm so, so predictable and, uh, (laughs) so painfully on brand at all times. Uh, I like Blake. I knew it. I just, I've always liked Blake and I still like Blake. Uh, I like Blake more at the end of this journey, uh, which is, you know, I think quite a compliment because I, as I, as mentioned, was fond of him to begin with. Blake loves animals. Blake has a nice beard. Blake is very earnest. Blake is kind of a goofball. I find Blake to be like, and with a, with a caveat that I will issue now, and I suspect I will repeat multiple times throughout the episode when we're attempting to assess and penetrate the inner workings of these, these people's minds. I don't know anything about any of these people, nor will I claim to, right? With that said, Blake has always struck me as like a, a uh, heightened and very passionate, but ultimately like regular dude. You know, yeah. he's just like, I'm here just and I'm going to just draw a dick and giggle about it and then <laughs> fall into a like moon bounce with you and tell you how much I like to kiss you. And I find him to be comforting and by the standards of many of the people we spend a lot of time with in the Bachelor universe, like pretty normal. I like him. Yeah, I guess he's he is kind of normal. I finally did a deep dive into his Instagram today. By the way, Blake uh, is the winner of The Bachelorette. I, I assume you know that if you're listening to this <laughs> podcast, but inexplicably, Katie and Blake are engaged and allegedly still together. So much more on that. But um, I took a deep dive into Blake's Instagram. His Instagram is not for you because it's a lot of animals. animals though yeah, I love it. It's a lot of animals. Um, Probably one of the highlights of the episode was Blake saying that he's unemployed, but he will be taking trips to Africa. And it non-profit. really, yes, nonprofit. He works with a nonprofit that saves rhinos in particular in South Africa. It really bothers me that he kept saying he'll be taking trips to Africa. And it's like, Blake, if you're going back to the same thing, be specific. I'm going to South Africa for my work with the rhinos. I just hate this like blanket animal blanket Africa. It's like, let's just get a little bit more specific, Blake. But I got the info I wanted from his Instagram. So let me let me just say sure. this in Blake's defense. That was a tough family visit. <laughs> it would have to been, I think, quite unmooring and just difficult to find your way toward a very confident and detailed 
bit of exposition about your own life. He was just trying to tread water. He was just trying to survive. Yeah, but he could have said, I'm currently unemployed, but I I used before the show I worked before the shows because he's been on a few. I worked with this conservation organization based in South Africa, and I'll be going back to that. That's really short. He could he just could have been a little bit more specific of a piece in a way with your, you know, your through line commentary across the season about how, you know, broadly speaking, we learned very little about any of these people. Yeah, very little, very, very little. All right. So there's a few things. And I was like, we're going to go chronological, but F that. No, we're not. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Let's just talk. Let's talk more about Katie and Blake because we're on we're on that topic. Do you believe that Katie and Blake were in love when they got engaged in the beautiful scenery of New Mexico? (sighs) How to answer this boy. Because I've been thinking a lot about what could have happened with this season. Okay. And there's two things that could have happened with this season. One is, and this is the more generous reading. Okay. Katie got the Rachel Lindsay treatment, which is that she knew it was Blake for a long time. She was always planning to pick Blake, but the only interesting thing that happened this season was her blow up with Greg. So the entire show was edited to make it seem like she was in love with Greg. And then he left Mm -hmm. And she ended mm-hmm. up with Blake, which is similar to what happened with Rachel, where like people really thought she was going to choose Peter. And then they had Peter, the emotional yeah. breakup. And Rachel's talked about how she's like pissed that they didn't show more of her and Brian's love story. So that's one option that maybe Katie got got the Rachel treatment and it sucks for her. And if I were Blake, I would have been furious with how this finale played out. But I don't know if Blake has a fury in him. He doesn't seem like <laughs> that kind of guy, which makes him a better person than me, because that's one of my predominant feelings. So that's option number one. Option number two is that Katie was in love with Greg as seemed evident the entire season. And Greg on the heels of Michael a leaving also left and had an emotional breakdown more on that, of course. And in her desire to end up with a fiance, she felt that she was in love with Blake and he um, felt it too. And they ended up engaged. And so you know, I think there's a lot of powerful things happening and, you know, there's more to both of those scenarios that we can talk through. But which do you think is more likely? I think that if you made me pick <laughs> in the spirit of the exercise, I would pick the the latter, the option two. It seemed clear to me that Katie was deeply in love with Greg throughout this season or <laughs> infatuated, you know, with him and, and very interested in him and that um, he was, to borrow some parlance from the last couple episodes, the front runner. Front runner. <laughs> I think that Katie felt very strongly for Blake as well. So, like, too. to me, it's not mutually exclusive. I was quite, quite uh, off balance and knocked <laughs> off kilter by the rapid uh, movement in the first hour ish of the episode. I mean, it was just, a, it was, as you mentioned, like just a, a strange, a strange and disconcerting episode and viewing experience. I'm still recovering. Like I just did a long ringer verse recording on the suicide squad talking about these two things back to back. I'm, my mind is just <laughs> whew, racing a, a, a million miles per minute here which is more violent oh my god they were both <laughs> both <laughs> upsetting both upsetting in different ways uh, great great movie though uh, check it out on hbo max if you have who's it. the you star of that get check out the ring of verse with well, Mal it's an ensemble. Ensemble and charles cast. and van who, who are the big cast. names uh 
Idris Elba is Bloodsport in this movie. Margot Robbie is Margot Robbie, Harley right. Quinn. Right. Uh, Reprising her role. Yeah. There's some incredible work from animals in the film, so I'm not sure if oh, Blake might you, like would it. Be, you would be interested in that, Juliet, but a rat named Sebastian plays an incredible role in the movie. Shouts to Sebastian. I despise Sebastian. rats. Is it a real rat or a CGI? Uh, both. I really Great love New stuff. York, as you know, but like one of the only negatives about New York is there's rats and like they just absolutely disgust me. They're everywhere, you know? I know. I saw They're Ratatouille. Everywhere. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great so, movie. Great Pixar classic right there. I love it. So, so I think that like, I think that Katie felt very, very, very strongly for Blake and was working her way, as they both said in the prior episode, toward love, but clearly, as they were indicating, did not feel that they were at that point. I was struck by how often she noted in the episode that hearing from him was what she it was kind of what solidified it, right? And I, I say that in like a, a, a uh, as an observation more than anything, because I think that she was, you know, ultimately uh, experiencing quite a bit of heartache on the on the heels of Greg. And I don't know, and always, Michael A. I just want to. Yes. I think her telling of the sequence of events to Blake was really informative. It was a good peek into how she was processing this. And I think the Greg situation added, uh, I think it was even felt more painful and intense for her because of what happened with Michael A, who she also really liked. Yes, and I'm 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 really glad you mentioned that. And I had a couple questions for you about time frame sequences and what we heard at the after the final rose in that respect as well, but which we'll get to later. But like I, I that that's exactly what I was gonna say. Like it was just it was kind of striking and very sad actually over the course of the episode to be reminded of the fact that even though this has unspooled for us over weeks, right, as viewers, Michael's exit, then Greg's exit, now moving forward with Blake and all of this processing for Katie, all of that happened inside of the final four. Yeah. Yeah, Like that is just, you know, gutting, especially because it seemed like Greg and and Michael were, you know, people that she had real attachment to and affection for and a real connection with. So TLDR. Yes. I think she loves Blake and that their connection is strong and legit. I think that there was a feeling of like safety and comfort and frankly, relief that, one of these relationships was going to work out. And like, who can blame anyone for feeling that way at the end? I of would it? totally, if I were Katie, I'm sure I would do the same thing. I would just be like, of course you would break your rule and be like, tell them, tell him that you love him. The other guy who you thought could be a, you know, maybe was your, was your pick left because you wouldn't say that you loved him. So of course you're going to break your rule and tell Blake, if you know, it's Blake over Justin. Like I thought that was very clear. And I, I yeah, I like, I don't, I don't blame her. I think if I, had just gone through the same, like, two self-eliminations, I would be really, like, wounded. And I would just be like, please, no one else leave. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you think, this is related, okay, but also sort of opens up a whole new (laughs) set of considerations. Okay, great. Let's, Let's tease it all out. If Justin had gone first instead of Blake, would things have been different or not? I don't think so. I think yeah. that Blake went first because she needed the positivity. Like, I, who knows if that was always supposed to be the order of events. But obviously, once Michael A. and Greg both left, they had to, like, throw a lot of things out the window. And I've been saying all season, I heard the production end a week or, ended a week early. And now we know why. There was only one overnight. There was only one meet the family. There was, you know, so much less to do. So, you know, I think at a certain point, 
I think that after Greg left because he didn't get the Dale, Katie was like, fuck it. I'm going, I'm going full Claire Crawley and tells Blake that he's the one. And there's not that much time left. And I think it, I think for everyone, this is a better outcome than Katie, you know, demanding a flight home from the bathroom and then going home. So this is like a good outcome for everyone, basically. I, I actually think that this is a good outcome for everyone. Katie is engaged, which she seems really excited about. Blake seems mm-hmm. excited about Katie. The show gets an engagement, which there's been a lot of unconventional endings lately. Greg is not engaged. We'll talk so much more about Greg, but I think we can all agree that he indeed was not ready f- for this engagement, at least. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Justin came off looking great. He's probably, I, I hope he's having a great, hot back summer in Baltimore, wherever he may be. Like this is, I feel like everyone ultimately got what they wanted from this finale, except for maybe us, the viewers, because there were so yeah. many uncomfortable moments. Um, you brought up something that I also just like wanted to, to go back to, which is, I think one of the reasons it's hard to buy into Katie and Blake though, you know, I think you and I are sort of leaning towards like, let's just go with it because what other options do we have? Let's go with love. They both kept repeating, we are not in love yet, but we know it's inevitable. And then right. it seemed like that inevitability was like, became, tr- became true in hindsight when they both were like, yes, this was the moment when we were playing hockey. It's kind of like they decided yeah. on an origin story together. Well, that, that was interesting too, because again, judgment free, more just an observation that like was a shift over the course of the episode where in New Mexico, in that one-on-one time, the fantasy suite time, we're hearing a lot about how the certainty and that like that, that clarity, that solidification of feeling and intent came into existence in that moment, right? Hearing Blake profess his love, okay. Then Katie realized how she felt too. Later at the, after the final rose, she was talking about how the hometown was really like when this started to happen. And I think it's like, again, I have never been on one of these shows, so I have <laughs> no idea what it's like to go through any of this. Seems like pretty weird. But I could see how you would actually have clarity in hindsight, like so many of us do about so many aspects of our lives. I think that also, like this was something that you talked about on your episodes last week, right? That so much of the the... <laughs> Boy, and there are a lot of sources of disconnect between Katie and Craig, but that that so much of it stemmed from, you know, not to put too, too fine of a point on it, Katie existing inside the universe of the show yeah. and Greg basically not wanting to, right? Or wanting to actually actively rebel against that reality. And I was struck during the finale by Katie really like unapologetically leaning into that. Yeah. Well, I am the bachelorette. Like, what do you want from me? What do you expect? I did I have can, Mallory, three guys left. I can imagine you saying that in a fight if you were the bachelorette. Well, I am the bachelorette. What do you expect? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That was really, really fascinating. We're not ready to go there yet. We hold on a second, but yeah, that was, Really? I might never be ready to go there, <laughs> Juliet. I, I might never be ready. It was horrible. Honestly, it was horrible. Like, you know how sometimes like some television shows get edited like after their first airing to like because they are no longer politically correct or they were always offensive. But now people see it more clearly like this was so horrible. They need I, I would prefer like a long bleep and like like black boxes over their eyes 
for any like on demand version. Like when this goes on Hulu, like let's just take it out. The Katie Gregg confrontation was honestly horrible. I would rather watch Ari blindside Becca like on repeat for 24 hours than have to watch this again. <laughs> it was so horrible. <laughs> but but all that's to say that I do think that um the power of the bubble of like the isolation and like the circumstance is probably so intense. And you know, you said like you've never been on one of these shows. Neither have I. I was really struck by it when Justin was like we just spent a month getting to know each other. And now that's like all out the window. Yes. And like in real world time, a month is really short. Like if you have your first date on, uh, you know, on like what's today's date, August 8th. And you have your second date on like September 6th. Is that so weird? I don't think so. Like that's just sort of like being an adult in like modern life. Right. But it's in the context like a decade of the sh- to get to know people. I, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually funny you say that because I, we were texting before this, pod with two of our colleagues and we were talking about something that happened I think in 2014 and I was like Mallory and I barely spoke them we were hardly even friends and here we are seven years later (laughs) talking all the time so (laughs) anyway our journey to love our our journey our journey to love was not that long but it's, it's been beautiful um anyway I just thought that that was really spoke to the intensity of like how long each day is. And Nikki and I kind of talked about this last week actually as well. Like when you're in the throes of a new relationship and you don't have a lot of certainty on like what's going on every day and every moment feels so long. Cause you're just like, what will something happen? Like, will I hear like, will I hear from Katie is like, should I go over to Katie's hotel room? I can, I just want to make say, I didn't say this a lot this season, but I said it when we were at the La Quinta and I think also with Matt's season, it's so weird to me. That there's not more like going to each other's hotel rooms. Like it's mm-hmm. Blake. Why didn't you show up there? I hear a horn dog as far as I've been told. <laughs> anyway, I, I just think that like the power of the environment, he went with the, the boom box, the one time God, um, which they called back to this. I know which was like super lame. If the, the combo I, of calling back to his, his boom box flex and their musical accompaniment date, Kind I of know. a mashup. I know. <laughs> at the end of the at the end of the podcast, please reveal which rom com scene you'd like to have, um, like you know, reimagined or what's the word reenacted <laughs> for your season of The Bachelorette. We, we can oh, reveal wow. this to each other at the end. <laughs> okay, can't wait. Great question. Um. Anyway, the power of the uh, the bubble. I think that also like swayed Katie. She was just sort of like, "Here's Blake. He's safe. I'm feel comfortable with him. I'm just gonna go with it." I think that Blake ultimately, in addition to the bond that they developed and the fun that they had together, Blake embodied very specifically the thing that Katie wanted, the thing that we felt she wanted, the thing that she articulated time and time again that she wanted, which was somebody who would show up and fight for her, right? Yeah. And again, that connects to Michael and Greg leaving the the anxiety that that would heighten when they wrote down their fears and then put them in the, the, the Zozabar. I just want to say for the listener, we're going to Greg next and then we're going to come back to all of the, the Katie and Blake's journey, including aunt Lindsay and the healer. Oh my God. Just, and, and, and we'll hit Justin before we end, before we end, you know, it's a pro Justin podcast. Carry on. And Lindsay needs a spinoff. But that was also very much at the heart of what she wrote down in her journal, what she read aloud and expressed to Blake, you know, not wanting somebody who was going to 
leave. And so the fact not only that Blake expressed in that moment what she needed to hear, but the fact that he was the one who showed up late and said, I just feel like, you know, this might work out between us. Like, let's give it a go. Let's pour some maple syrup all over each other and play hockey <laughs> out in the yard. <laughs> maple you know? syrup was so fucking gross. Um, oh, I loved I loved that part. Maple syrup's delicious. You want a maple syrup shot with rum? I looked it up. I think it was with rum or whiskey. It sounded disgusting. All right. Well, first of all, I love whiskey. I know you do. I love maple syrup. I enjoyed the the little moment where they discussed using maple syrup in in the bedroom (laughs) it was so ridiculous i will say i agreed i i felt like katie's fears were very relatable and i think there's nothing wrong with her needing affirmation just like there's nothing wrong with greg needing affirmation either that's the funny thing is i feel like they're actually really similar human thing of course and so the fact that like blake is is speaking her love language is nice. They found each other. I don't. I don't know how much this can last. And we'll say Aunt Lindsay, Lindsay raised some good logistical concerns regarding uh, the, the t- Toronto or Ontario to Renton, Washington. But you know, we'll come. We'll come back to that. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I think it's time to talk about Greg. So, okay. Mallory's pulling up her notes. She's got a lot to say. So, (sighs) the episode, you know, we were texting, I was watching, Mm -hmm. and I was like, the episode begins with Greg. And it didn't really, but it kind of was like Katie's own postmortem on Greg and how she felt about it. And, um, and that was sort of like the beginning of the weird format where this wasn't a typical finale, partially because it was, you know, not it was atypical, similar to Colton, where, you know, Colton basically ended the show when when Cassie and he didn't work out. And then he broke up with Tasha and Hannah G and didn't give them a chance. And then ultimately he and Cassie got to spend time together. Yada, yada. We all know where we are with Colton and Cassie now. But kind of similar situation where it's just a final one. And then they have to kind of like make do with it, except that they are not able to 
wander around the beautiful Spanish, you know, coast coastal lands and stuff. They're still fucking stuck in New Mexico at the Tamayo Resort. And so that was kind of like the beginning of like, oh, this is going to be different. And so I was really happy. It was all pre-taped. Thank you, ABC, for not making this live. Really helped us out a lot. Um, but it it was weird that they started with Greg. And if I'm Blake, I'm really pissed that my finale and, and Katie that like this finale, the sort of like the cap on their televised love story is so focused on Greg. Like that's sort of like a, a bummer for the couple. And I was just like, that's a really, really weird way to start. That's a really good point. I, I, is this like too simplistic of a read to say that this is just the product of when only one person is, is there at the end in a show that is like theoretically, at least about the very dramatic uh, journey toward a romantic conclusion that they have to, you know, manufacture or at least, position and elevate and heighten the aspects that are still generating the drama. Like even, I will say even within the, because Justin's exit was like very sad and painful, but ultimately like clean, graceful, right? He handled himself well, brief. Yes. Quite brief. Um, felt that even inside of the Katie Blake edit, because there was no way once we started this episode, and the way it was edited overall, that Katie was not leaving it engaged. It would have just had a completely different energy tone feel, right? Yeah. If that wasn't where yeah. we were heading. And so all of these like, and this is this is not atypical in any way. This is like very normal in a Bachelor finale. I don't want to imply otherwise, but all of these moments where Blake is like freaking out and panicking and oh my Stressed. God, well, there's something about looking at the ring and seeing it and, and, and now it feels real. And, you know, <laughs> I am excited to talk about the, dynamic between Tasha and Blake, like talking with an ex about <laughs> your impending proposal, an just ex. Kind of fascinating an ex, <laughs> but you know, there was not a single moment, genuinely not a single moment where I doubted that first Blake would say, I love you that then Katie would say it back. And that ultimately he would propose and they would get engaged once we were in this episode, not a single moment where I doubted that. And yet there were so many sound bites and Blake to camera moments and juxtapositions of Katie saying, I found my person. I can't wait to start our lives together. And Blake, you know, pacing around or or huffing and puffing. And the Greg thing felt like of a piece, although it was obviously completely different, like of a piece in the sense that like the episode just needs that tension and that drama completely separate because it was, uh, unlike, you know, a lot of what we've seen on the show and just frankly, like unpleasant to watch. I had a real, I had a real shift week to week in just like going from, you know, it's interesting that you cited like Ari and Becca because you obviously talked, you know, the expertly at the time you wrote about it, the like complicit nature of being a viewer of that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think about that often since since you talked about that and wrote about it because Thanks, it is Mal. embedded. It was really astute and it's, I think, embedded in the consumption experience. And that's that's just like part of it, right? Yeah. I felt like that was the case last week where it was like, oh my God, this is surreal. And the teams are emerging. Whose side are you on? But the, I think there was this like, this is painful and sad and bizarre and weird and holy shit, but also like, wow, great TV, huh? Was like kind of the broad takeaway. This week was like, people should be nicer to each other. 
Like this was just like really unpleasant to watch, I thought. And I think that's, I'll be curious to see what the larger response is because my feeling is that almost regardless of who you're quote unquote rooting for or whose side you're on, it was just like- It was awful. Cringe inducing. It was horrible. Um, I have a lot to say in response to that. You said a lot of interesting stuff, but I'll just say like for starters, when the acting thing came up and there's like this cross conversation where like Katie is sort of, speaking to an audience that's already made a decision about Greg, who knows that, including me, who knows that he has taken acting classes and might have ambitions outside of, you know, whatever he has purported. And Caitlin is like, wait, Katie, most people don't know what you're talking about. And it was sort of like, this is a show that actually is much bigger than Bachelor Reddit. So let's address what you're saying. And then Greg kind of responds to that by laughing because he doesn't really know what else to do. And I thought that suggested a little... Streep. Not Meryl Streep, a little bit of truth, but mostly just sort of like embarrassment. I just was like, this is a nader for this show. I was like, this is really bad. And so, yeah. I, but I think, but I think even before that, <laughs> I think like one of the reasons that, that they did start with the sort of postmortem on Greg is because there was so little substance to the season. This is like one of the mm-hmm. thinnest seasons of The Bachelor or Bachelorette I can remember. And it also was reinforced by the fact that they started the episode with a recap because like they had to really stretch to fill three hours. And I was like two we, recaps. Yeah, two recaps because that were we like got lengthy. the recap of last week and then we got a, a formal setup yes. for a like, let's revisit this journey. Yeah. I, this is something I wanted to ask you about actually while, while we're on the recap topic. I have a lot of, like I said before, a lot of questions about the timing of this. Like, when was this filmed and how much was happening in the studio at the same time? How many episodes of the show were they watching? Because I was, I was like confused and thrown off by a few of the references to things they had just seen, which predated what unfolded in this episode. So I think they must have filmed. I actually don't know exactly when they filmed after the final rose, but I think, or this finale or whatever, I think it was around the same time as the men tell all which was like two or three weeks ago, like fairly, fairly recent. Um, okay. So one, and of I, the so I think, that's... I think they watched last week's episode for us. Yeah. And tonight's episode, the finale back to back is the impression I get, or they got, okay. or they watched them together or something like that. Cause that's what it seemed like. Cause it seemed yeah. like the two final episodes were like conflated for them. Right. So, but certainly it seems safe to deduce that this was filmed before the conversation that we witnessed, the conversation that unfolded would not have been influenced by the public response to last week, by any of the conversation around, around last week's airing, right? That was filmed before that? I think so, yes. I was like struck by that a little bit in a way that I don't know if, I, I don't even know what my takeaway is or if I have a point. I just thought it was jarring. Like it, it well, can we talk about the audience? Yes, yeah. I think the audience was paid extras. I was looking at them really closely and they do not look like a usual bachelor live studio audience. First of all, I've been to many of these things. They tell you in advance to wear jewel tones. There were very few jewel tones. Like there was not a lot of women wearing like an emerald green or like a, a, like a bright pink or whatever. It also had way, way, way more men than usual. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like they were going for like an eclectic crowd and it just was the, obviously they had all the plants with um, the boom boxes at the end, right. but I just thought that it seemed really coordinated to be team Katie. And I thought perhaps that was because 
they knew or they had, a, they had an inkling that like they needed to like support their lead. But the way that there was like clear applause when she would like land a line, yes. I thought was really unfair to Greg. I just well, thought there were a couple moments though, where there were a couple moments where Greg got applause too, yes. but I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause that's, that's what I was uh, trying to <laughs> meander my way through the wilderness toward. I thought that the to, to combine what unfolded in the conversation between them with the recap and everything, it was edited just so tonally differently from last week. Yeah. And I wondered if that was like deliberately a response because last week's edit, and like this is not like my personal opinion, it's just, I, I'm curious if this is how like it went down. Did last week, was there flack for last week's edit being too pro-Greg and this was re-edited to be more pro-Katie? But then how do you account for when it was filmed? Obviously, there's a stink- distinction between the filming and the ultimate editing and packaging. But there was like a kind of meta quality to watching this that I guess in many ways there always is with the like the Bachelor, the Bachelorette or Bachelor in Paradise if you're if you're consuming any part of Bachelor Nation more broadly. But it wasn't just like a peak beyond or over through the fourth wall it was like a weird disorienting destabilizing (laughs) crumbling yeah Yeah. but without any acknowledgement that it was crumbling and then that was enhanced this part i will say i liked it was enhanced by by taisha and caitlin who were just like holy shit what is happening here yeah they didn't have a lot of control over the situation although i did i did appreciate i like caitlin Yeah, I, I liked when Caitlin also a couple times, you know, did try to like sort of reset things a little bit or be like, Katie, explain this or Greg, yeah, I'm going to give you the to floor. To me, it wasn't like a lack of control. It was more that it felt less like hosty and, and um, uh, you know, polished and more like a genuine response as people who have been through seasons of this show and who were like a part of Bachelor Nation. And that was like both inside of of the episode when they were talking about Blake's nerves, for example. And then certainly, like you mentioned, the, you know, uh, uh, Caitlin interrupting and saying, hey, we'll tell people what's happening with the acting charge. She did the same thing with, okay, gaslighting is a serious term. Like, explain what you mean yeah. by that. And I thought that they were both really effective, actually, at conveying kind of the shock and awe of what we were all witnessing, but doing their doing their best to to steer and guide what was just like a supremely bizarre occurrence. It was so uncomfortable. Um, I think that this was filmed before. I mean, I, I definitely was filmed before last week's episode was aired. It may have been re-edited. I, I, I think that's definitely possible to be slightly tilted more one way or the other. But the gaslighting thing is interesting because that's what came up a lot last week um, for right. people who were quote unquote team Katie saying that Greg gaslit her um, and that he was abusive. And, you know, those are really strong accusations. So Kaylin asked Katie to define gaslighting. And she said, you try to make someone else think it's their fault. The dictionary definition of, back- of gaslighting is to manipulate someone by psych- psychological means into questioning their own sanity. And, I honestly don't think Greg did that. Do I think that Greg acted with as a model of maturity and a great guy? Do I think he should have said goodbye before leaving? Yes, obviously. Like he didn't handle that well, but like, I think it's okay for there to be a, or I think it's necessary to make a distinction between someone on the verge, which I think Greg was like, I think he had like a total emotional meltdown and someone who is intentionally trying to like change their version of events. And I, and I think that, I think that his, frustrations he articulated a lot better tonight than he did last week where he he cited like the moment where 
Katie said to his mom that he was a front runner and that he would just wanted to speak outside the parlance of the show. And, you know, never, not to, and then I, I really like, as I said last week, I am team neither. I remain team neither. Like, I think these are just two, two people that I don't want to align with on, on either side. But I just thought that, um, this was just so horrible to watch for so many reasons. Katie, like really yelling at Greg and him just being like really ill-equipped to respond was just really sad to me. I was just like, this is the communication problem and breakdown that we kind of saw last week, but in a much more accelerated timeline. And it, it did sort of give me more of a window into what actually happened when it's, it's even more clear than ever with the week's distance that last week's episode was like, highly edited to construct a certain narrative. I know I'm certain a lot was left out. Like who, who knows what we didn't get to see, but it's clear that they have a communication problem. And that was like really, really on display tonight as well. I just found the way that Katie sort of wouldn't let him respond very often and sort of like had a lot of lines that she was trying to land very off putting. And I also found his sort of like inability to respond really off putting. Like if I were her, I'd be like, I'm glad I'm not with this guy. He's really inarticulate. I should be like, he's not ready for this. And she's right. He, I don't, I think he probably did plan to propose, but he wasn't ready. I don't know what, like what, what made it so hard for you to watch? Um, that's a good, good question. I think like, I don't want to sound like totally naive and imply that I think people are kind to each other all the time. That is obviously not the case, but and, and and I certainly understand why Katie and why the show, you know, wanted her to be able to like rebut a lot of what had uh, happened yeah. last week, right? I just, I don't know. It's like, first of all, I think it was just jarring to watch things devolve with them so quickly. Like again, even inside of the universe of the show where things both good and bad happen on fast forward all the time. Something about the end of this season overall, like left me not on solid footing. <laughs> just like <laughs> all of this happened so fast. And I like d- don't have my bearings really on how we got from here to here. And it seemed like the people who were experiencing those things felt similarly. Like I was really, I was interested and very struck by Katie choosing to tell Blake and Justin exactly what had happened, including saying that she almost left. Like, I think that there's something and it's it's I bring that up because I think the connection there is that there is value in speaking candidly and in people expressing what they feel. I believe that. I think a lot of people believe that. Sure. What you said earlier about intention, I think, is, is sort of just like hanging over a lot of this, which, you know, like. Last week, I think I had a, a similar experience to a, with a, probably a good, you know, the, the, maybe not the majority, but a good swath of viewers where in the moment at the end of the hometown, I very much understood why Greg was so upset and like what he needed. And the, you know, like, I just love looking at you thing was like surreal to me. An all time bachelor moment. Horrible. And I felt like, of course, anybody who says those things, you can kind of say, like, you know what show you're signing up for until you're blue in the face. Like, it's human nature to want to feel reciprocation. Like, of course. I then also was, like, you know, pulling my shirt over my face in mortification watching 
the ensuing confrontation because it was like you felt I just felt like I was caught in like a time loop where they were like both repeating the same things over and over again and I I did think that the way that he was like speaking to her in that sequence was like not cool right and he was like it was mean quite mean yeah quite quite mean you know she used cold hearted the word rude when she was like describing it today she also but then she also said he was talking down to her. I don't think he was talking down to her though. I don't. I don't think he was like on some high. I don't horse. think that I just he think was he, expressing a lot of empathy. No, and, not, but neither was she. They, they both have an absence of empathy and a need for affirmation, which is a bad combo. But right. they're both like that. Yeah, and so I think that like you know I I like Katie and I really want Katie to be happy. And I'm glad that she and Blake are happy genuinely. But it was just like I think unpleasant to watch that. Um, overall like tone even though it kind of morphed and shifted and the things that they were assessing and the way that they were assessing and the data points that were being brought in with like the acting and here's what I've heard about like you're a like a hot shot from Jersey who like thinks you're hot shit and this like shy guy it isn't who other people say you are like that was kind of like fascinating actually so, again to break down the wall in that way but it just was all like there was just a lot of hate in the shows supposed to be about love I don't I know. know I don't know I know it was, it was- weird I, I hate being yelled at. Like, I, I can't tell you anything I honestly hate more. Like, I, w- I would have reacted like Greg if, I, if if Katie were speaking to me that way. I would have completely shut down. I just would have, like, stared straight ahead. I would just would have wanted... I would have said the most mundane things to get it to be over as soon as possible. And then I would have gone backstage, probably locked myself in a closet and cried. Like, I hate being yelled at. So I really can't... I can't blame him for, for his poor performance on television this week. That said... I think that he is like really emotionally limited. I think that there was the moment where they were both asked like, like, okay, do you feel like you have closure? Right. And like, I think, okay. So that's, that's, I guess that's the summation. I think is that like, I don't, I don't want to imply that I think like Greg is the, the uh, poor Greg. That's actually like not really how I feel about it. Me neither. I don't like Greg. I thought he's a faker this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I actually liked Greg most of the season. I just don't want to like, I don't, I don't think that he was like the victim here. I think that it's actually really important and good that Katie got to, to say her, her piece. So I want to be yeah. clear about that. Sure. I think the thing that left me feeling cold about it overall was like, what did this achieve? And I think that it's to be clear again, like that's not even us as viewers. I think that they felt that way. Like, yeah. I think that Katie, I'm sure it was cathartic to be able to voice those things, not only about Greg, but to him directly. I'm sure it was. But it seemed apparent that she and that really broadly everybody sitting in those chairs and on those couches was kind of like, what did that achieve? And if so, if nobody is leaving that feeling better or like there was any sort of breakthrough, then it's just a bit of a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a really good point, Mal. And yeah, and I I agree with you. I think it's I think it's like important for Katie to be able to express how she was feeling because yes. we really got Greg's side of the story last week. Yes. I definitely. think what was just so what's been so frustrating about both of these is they feel so both these conversations like the communication is so poor and so yeah. disrespectful on both sides that it's it's like really hard to watch and like there's no there's no fun in it and there's no closure for the viewer either because we all, you know, are sort of left with like the sour taste, but I think this is a real crisis for the show and not in like the sort of real world. This is a crisis for inside of the show, not outside. Like I think, you know, Matt's season was much bigger catastrophe because it really, um, it didn't 
protect the people of the show who need to be protected. It didn't understand the difficulty of being a person of color on this show. It didn't do due diligence on its, on its contestants. You know, it's like actual real world problems, but for the show itself and for the show to continue as like, you know, almost as if like, let's say that they, you know, do a good job and, and making progress with how they view race and they're able to overcome many of the other major stumbles they've had. I think this, finale is a huge, huge, huge problem because it is really not ideal for like the Reddit conversation to be dominating one of like probably the biggest moment of the season. And there's, and so the things that Katie was saying about, about Greg that she's heard, like he's like a hot shot. He's like, or he knows he's hot shit or he's like actually like a playboy or whatever. Those are all rumors that were online like all season, right? Like on bachelor fan accounts on Reddit elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I mean, I, (laughs) I've been talking about Greg being his acting classes since, you know, day one of this season. And I agree with Katie that that's a red flag, but like those kinds of the way that she couched it though, was not like, Hey Greg, like I, after the show, like Juliette Littman went down a rabbit hole of your Instagram and saw your photo of the William Esper acting school. And it like gave me a lot of pause. It, it really felt like Katie was um, speaking directly to like the online fan base that is really rabid and is really quick to assume they know they have all the information and they know how things are. And it's a very specific sector of the fan base. You know, like I think, I think bachelor nation is actually more varied than people give it credit for, but like ultimately it's just like a lot of people who like to watch the show with their friends. And then there's like the psychos like me who read Reddit, but like, but I'm not on the show, you know, I'm not, I'm not inside the world. And I think it's really bad, really, really bad for the show to have like almost lost control of its own narratives that Mm. Reddit is able to dominate. And Mm. I think this is something that I've been talking about. The show is kind of like a, an, has like abandoned character development, like in, in favor of like fighting and sensational teases. And if there was more, if we knew more about these people and there was like, there was more to the people we're spending 10 weeks with or whatever, it would be different. I'm so glad you said that because I think that that's one of the, that's one of the, the problems, not only with the finale, but the season overall, like why was Katie an interesting person at the, the jump like why is she somebody who people no are watching last season why would she have been a good lead well I think that you could say two things you could say maybe okay no idea because we didn't learn enough about her or you could say like my answer coming out of last season would have been I think that it was yeah coming out of last so, season different I was a proponent yeah, I, but no I, yes yeah totally like, it was so it was so refreshing and and not to get like not to go like rehash all of the like infighting in, in that season which was obviously like very bad right but Katie was a strong and is a strong, independent woman who says what she thinks and is not actually interested or in like basically just like, OK, well, this is like the, the check mark on today's production schedule or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like I'm going to go off book when I want. I'm going to do what I want, say what I say, what I think and tell other people what I think. And there are ways for that to manifest that are organic and engaging and interesting. And I think that like Katie's, obviously Katie's sex positivity was a a, a big part of that. Let me just say also, I'm very glad we got, I was worried that we were not going to get a fantasy suite in Katie's season, which would have been like <laughs> disaster. 
<laughs> just suck for suck for Katie. Yeah, like she had a good night. Terrible. It sounds like she had a good night. Had a good night and enjoyed herself many, many times. Many that times. Night, yes, she said. Yeah. It made me think of the moment in um, Fleabag when uh, not. This is not like a, a actual core plot spoiler, but the the nine times nine <laughs> times one of my favorite fleabag moments but anyway so like sometimes i think about fleabag i'm just like i wish yeah. i could er- erase my memory and watch it all over again oh my god what a beautiful just jewel of a, of show. a show it's absolutely perfect. incredible shouts to hot priest now and always yeah. <laughs> but so much of katie's season ended up being about the guys and the drama and again like i don't mean to come off as like such a like a noob here i love watching the bachelor and the bachelor and bachelor paradise and the the drama and the infighting and the tension and the rivalries the 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 war for somebody's affection like that is embedded in the very dna and proposition of the show but it felt like the only thing this season like we yeah. didn't get and, and so then when you do have those moments of like real sincerity and like earnestness and heart when someone reveals something about who they are or a hardship or a trauma in their lives, like those felt really meaningful. But then like they were like it, to, to see something like and, you know, not to just go right back to, to Greg. I know we have to hit other things, but like there was a lot of heart actually in their relationship earlier in the season, like in a lot of real meaningful connection. And I don't know. It just like all ended up in the like sausage making engine of bachelorette drama. And like, this is a, this is a pod about the show. We're fans of the show. It was just like, where's, I don't know, like not to be <laughs> cat, uh, too on brand as a cat girl, but like Tommy, let me bring up Tommy for one second. If you'll indulge me here. Sure. Katie's cat, Tommy. Sure. Who she loves big part of her life. He's in the photo that we see beneath the gummies that you <laughs> you mentioned. One of and my favorite moments of the season. <laughs> that was great. Great stuff. And obviously, like, we know about her cat because of cat guy, right? And that's yeah. the way that we know about the cat, but not because like we really got that. Like I said to I said to Adam when we were watching the the episode, like if Tommy is not here to meet Blake, then this family visit is bullshit because it's a great point. Tommy is such a part of Katie's life. It's like bring each other really into their lives. And that was part of what was like a little bit disorienting about the episode too, is that her family had more of a traditional final four hometown visit family, where it's like the family of the contestants, not of the lead who are just so skeptical about the process, which was totally different. Just a different energy. Tasha was like, Katie's family may have ruined everything. And I was like, geez, that's harsh. Oh. I, I think that like one of the main takeaways from this Katie versus Greg thing is that, first of all, ultimately, I think that Greg thought he was probably like ready to propose and like be on the show and then realized that like this is not the relationship he thought he had. And so he f- had a meltdown. He shut down. He was a dick. He left that thing goodbye. And I think she's right. I think he did just like when she said like you just w- weren't ready to pr- you propose. I don't know if he wasn't ready the whole season. He knew that, but I, I agree that he basically was like, Oh shit, I got to get out of here. And so he did. I also agree that she was just the last two weeks. There's been such an awareness from her of what it means to be the bachelorette of how the show is supposed to go mm-hmm. with the online commentary could be like, and then what it is like this week, like that. I think that this is sort of kind of, there was a turning point like this in survivor when, um, what was that kid's name? who would like want to be like Cochran. He was also smart. Spencer. Spencer. When Spencer 
hit the show and he was sort of like a real student of everything that had mm-hmm. happened. And this, and the, and the show has really morphed a lot since then when but the people who go on the show are so familiar with what's supposed to happen and what the formula is, it's bad for the show. And so it seems like the bachelor and, and survivor, it's kind of different because it's more of a sport. So it can evolve in the, the way that a sport does, you know, and like you start right. playing differently, but the bachelor is so contrived to begin with. And I feel like there's just like a loss of control here. Can I offer a counterpoint? I'm not even yes. sure I believe this, but for okay, the sake great. of the devil's advocate, is it bad for the show or is it only bad for the show that the show thinks it's bad for the show? Like I think you, it's bad. You got to lean in. Like, yeah, like how do they, they have to evolve with it, right? Yeah. But they aren't evolving. That's the problem. That's a great point, Mal. The problem is that they they are, this is bad for the show as we knew it and they need to find ways to evolve with who they're casting. Great point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> God, it was so horrible that that <laughs> confrontation. I just it's in the annals of bad television. Things I do not want to watch again. It's you like, also just like you want to see Katie like celebrating with Blake and even like, OK, this this was notable the, when Blake comes out and it's their big moment. They're they're getting to celebrate their love in front of other people for the first time. Like she even says her own family didn't know they were engaged. This is crazy. genuinely the first moment that they are are out in front of the world saying we are engaged. And what's the first thing that we hear Blake say to her? Are you okay? Yeah. Because of like, that just sucks. Like let her just go be happy and celebrate with her hot bearded new fiance. Like (laughs) I just, so much of this, this episode was just about things that were bad and sad. Yeah. Instead of, I felt she had, I felt that Katie felt she had to justify her relationship with Blake when she was like, we're so much more than the couple you saw on TV. Like we already are. I thought that was kind of sad. I believe that. I'm sure they've had to like, you know, actually like get to know each other in a in a meaningful way outside of the bubble of, of New Mexico. But I just thought, yeah, I think you put it well. It was just like a sad finale. It was super, super weird. And then, I mean, I'll hit a lot of this with Callie on Thursday as well, but we just got to talk. We can I mean next. We must discuss Aunt Lindsay. I mean, I mean, holy shit. What a firecracker. Give her a spinoff immediately. If Katie is final four on any season of The Bachelor and The Bachelor meets Aunt Lindsay, is Katie making it to Fantasy Suites? Like, holy shit. It reminded me of, um, I don't know if you watched this season, but um, on Sean Lowe's season, when he goes to Dez's hometown, Dez's brother, like, just totally ruins it. And then Dez is voted off. And it's like, oh, okay, her brother ruined this. And I, <gasps> it gave me flashbacks to that. The families are The families are often harsh and very direct and and rarely hesitate to express um, their reservations. But Aunt Lindsay literally said out loud, you ultimately mean nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That's really (sighs) tough. It's so insane. Oh my God. And and she also kept being like, you're here because we've asked you to be here. Like it's not because (laughs) she was also asking it like tough practical questions i wonder if like she was playing a role or she's like that like i'm dying to know we need more aunt Lindsay to find out well katie did say you know she was like she's tough she's a tough one you know so we were we were prepared for it i i thought that katie's mom there were some really sweet moments there and i think you know aunt Lindsay was certainly compelling tv i mean that was just wow blake was like sweating his way through that exchange I think that the the way that Katie described it was, quote, almost cold, <laughs> which, you know, she's saying it's about a person who she loves and values, obviously. She said but, she was uh, like a sister. <laughs> yeah. So that was, uh, boy, 
That was really something. Oh we really God. don't care. Sorry. It's just amazing to to run through the things that, that she says. When he when when Blake said that they were so similar, like we're almost the same. And Lindsay's response was meaning you also have a vibrator. Like she was just not here for the cliches and the bachelor bullshit. She was oh having God, none that, of it. That was so funny. I also thought that was interesting how Blake kept harping on how they're so the same and that's why they work. I'm a big believer in like similar, like, like foundational values being shared, but like not being the same. And I, I almost, if I were Katie, would be like, it's a red flag to me that you keep referencing you. Like, uh, like we work because we're so similar. Cause I just, I don't know if that's the best for a relation for a romantic relationship. Just, I don't know. I'm not married, so I don't know. But I, I thought that was sort of like a little uncomfortable. I think that for certain people, you know, finding someone who can like match your energy and who you're confident you will be able to like share the rhythm of life with. That's obviously very appealing. Important. You know, I listen, let me tell you, let me tell you something about marriage. It's really hard. (laughs) And sometimes it's (laughs) great. Sometimes it's not. And my husband and I, I think, are, are quite similar, and there are a lot of things about that that I love and that I cherish and that I think he loves and cherishes too, and there are a lot of times where we'll just like look at each other and be like, is like, is either of us going to say that we should go outside for the first time in three weeks? <laughs> you know, sometimes you need someone to do something different. It's not great. And also, like, how are they the same? That's the other thing. It's like, I don't know what that means because, it, once again, we didn't get the opportunity to learn. Like, show us... 30 seconds of them being like, wow, I can't believe we have that in common. Like, what is it that is the same about them other than their love of sex? And I got to tell you, a lot of people share that. So it's not a lot of people like sex. Yeah. Yeah, As many people do. (laughs) Weirdly, the fancy suite episode was the least sexual, overtly sexual episode of the season. Can you believe it? Well, again, that was part of what was a bummer. Like, one of my favorite annual traditions is joining you for fantasy suites for that yeah. episode. Yeah. Because, I know. you know, we're just two two big horn dogs and love to talk <laughs> about the, the all the sex that they have on the show. And I know, you know, you 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 have talked about this many times as recently as last week that like the the lead does not always sleep with multiple contestants. That, that that's not even the point though. It's like the celebration of finally arriving at that moment of intimacy yeah. and or privacy and just Tasha said uninterrupted time to get yeah. together. <laughs> like you need, you need to be able to get to like the windmill reveal or something. Sure. And again, we did get like a, a cute moment where Katie was uh, obviously very satisfied and had enjoyed her evening. And that is, that is awesome. And I'm thrilled for thrilled for her. I'm glad that li- Blake lived up to the billing, you know, <laughs> otherwise it'd be really disappointing. <laughs> Happy happy for them both. Happy for them both. A life with, listen, I will say this. At the end of the day, a life that you're sharing with someone you love who loves having sex with you and also loves your cat, there's like, it could be worse. That sounds great. Is Blake perfect for you? He might be. (laughs) Gonna love your cat? Oh God. <laughs> um, let's talk about the healing date. Just because energy it happened. Healer. The energy healer. Uh, I looked her up. She's real, Felicia. You could check out her website. She does energy healing. She talks about how it changed her life after therapy didn't solve many of her problems of 
loneliness and other stuff. Um, and then that giant thing that they burned, Zozobra. Zobra. I looked that up as well. That's real. In New Mexico, they do a burn mm-hmm. every year. Um, yeah. There's a whole mythology around it. Had you heard of this before? I hadn't. You're, I thought this was cool. You're, you're, you're nodding like, yes, of course. We all know about Zozobra. Well, I know about it having watched this episode, you know, <laughs> and I'm always interested in learning about new things. I thought this was neat. I liked this. This in some ways felt like very fitting for their final well, not final, obviously, but one of their final steps together before the proposal, but also had like a, here's why I liked it. This is often the kind of thing that in a season they do way too early on like a, like a first date where it's like, tell me everything about yourself, your deepest insecurities and fears. And I'm always like, yeah, why would somebody ever want to do that after knowing someone for the span of a 12 minute conversation and one toast of a champagne glass? So like I was relieved as somebody who just is like a, like constantly like uncomfortable and awkward and just dreading, you know, revealing something about myself, but also never being able to not reveal something about myself. I was like, Oh, this is the right place for a moment like this between two people who actually are ready to hear these things about each other. Great stuff. Yeah, I and I thought it was sweet how they read it to each other. This is like the second time this season where like there's been like fake vows, basically. But I, I, th- I did think that was sweet. They both seemed into it. I will say once Katie like committed to Blake or once the television show committed to showing us Katie committed to Blake, it seemed sweet. It did, actually. It's, she seemed happy together. I will say that the they weather really looked... Each other. The weather seemed awful, seemed so cold and windy, and I just would have been so miserable. I would just be like, can we just go inside? I... I just think that this seems like one of the worst filming locations. But but they, there was a hot tub. There finally. was a hot tub. It's true, you've been, finally. You've been wanting more hot tubs. And I was, thrilled, I was thrilled to see it because it was hard to understand their attraction. Honestly, I felt like we needed it to like see them close together. I really clearly remember Tasha and Zach being like, oh, I see it because they oh have a real God. chemistry. Well, yeah. I mean... Tisha and Zach, who remain iconic and like a Hall of Fame pantheon bachelor couple, their chemistry was magnetic, inspiring, and dare I say aspirational. I I do think, though, I think Katie and Blake have had a pretty like palpable physical chemistry. Yeah, so definitely, definitely seem physical. But I don't know. There's just something about both of them that I kind of just like can't believe this is how it ended up. But you know what? Maybe that means it'll bode well. I actually but is that do just th- because Blake has been on the show before. Like if you take, I know it's, impo- it's silly and impossible to say, remove that variable, but remove that variable for a second and just think about the time they spent together in this season. Would you feel that way? Probably not. Probably not. That's a good point. Making so many great points today, Mal. <laughs> well, I don't feel like I'm bringing my usual zingers and the, the levity and the humor, you know, well, so all, all I can strive for is insight. No, I, it's, <laughs> it's great. I, I'm, I'm loving it. Uh. It's, it's giving me a lot to think about. I'm super burnt out on this. It's just sort of like, did the paradise tease invigorate you? Because it I really thought that did. Unbelievable. I probably just shouldn't unbelievable. Have, probably shouldn't have admitted that on this podcast. Maybe we should edit it out. But <laughs> um, paradise looks awesome. <laughs> There's so many people that I just sort of was like, yeah, I like you. Okay, cool. Looking forward paradise to seeing what's up with be you. Incredible, incredible. I really, I first of all, Becca Kufrin being in the tease and being on paradise is wild i love when a lead comes down from their high horse and joins the masses on the beach i fucking love it this is great after watching the the tease i went and looked at the cast list like the official mm-hmm. one that's posted and it is a fraction of the people we saw in the yeah, teaser. like and obviously that's the way the show works new people are always coming but they're not even 
I mean, they're not even pretending that the initial group is going to be around for long or that those are going to be the main people. I mean, the, there was just a lot, a lot of Demi. A lot of Demi. A lot of Kenny. I felt Kenny. naked Kenny. A little bit too much David Spade. I felt that Mari didn't get a fair shake on Matt's season, so I was really excited to see her. I feel like Mari's got a lot to offer Bachelor Nation. Obviously, I'm a big Ivan fan, so I'm excited Ivan. about him. Love yeah, Ivan. A lot, got a lot of Riley, Brendan. Brendo! I'm so excited about Brendo. Yeah, Brendo. <laughs> and Aaron. From my, my main person I'm excited to see from this season is Aaron. I don't know why. I guess it's because he's hot. I'm always like, <laughs> why do I care about this person? It's always because they're really attractive. Um, I am really excited about Paradise. Two nights a week. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. There's so much reality television on right now. It's wild. Have you watched F Boy Island? Not yet. It's on the list. I genuinely enjoy it. I I am. I'm excited. I watched the first three when they came on, and then I watched the next two or three. I can't remember what they put up this past Thursday. And then I do have screeners. I just didn't watch them. But then with the start, I was like, well, I can't stop now. So I watched like four hours of F Boy Island in a row last weekend. And um, I, I really enjoyed it. And I'm not just saying that because Nikki Glazer was on the pod last week. I think you'll like it too. There's some, I'm excited. There's some funny bits in it that I think highlight some of this like needed evolution. I wrote in my notes. I don't remember who said this, but I was wondering, perhaps you caught it as well. But someone at the beginning of the episode says not today in like a very serious ep- way. And I was like, Oh, it's like Arya Stark. <laughs> so <laughs> wow. I love my, I mean, somewhere Syria was smiling. You know, Mel, I now have Game of Thrones nostalgia. I just like, I, I understand the last season was bad, but I really miss those days. And I honestly, I miss seeing David Benioff's face. So there's mm-hmm. that. Great head uh, of hair. I miss uh, Game of Thrones too. House of the Dragon coming in 2022. I'm going to embark on a, a rewatch and a reread pretty soon. I can't oh wait. Oh my God. You're in can't you're wait. crazy. I miss you're, Game of Thrones. I do Sharing too. Game I, of Thrones with the people I love is one of the single most important things in the history of my life. So, you know, <laughs> just... <laughs> oh my god we didn't talk about justin we didn't get back deep into the other date stuff i'll do that on thursday with callie any final thoughts on this on this finale i just want to i want to ask you what you think we will be seeing in the future from some of these people like is greg gonna be oh we didn't talk about greg and brie are you aware of that Greg what? and Bree went 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 out together on Saturday night in LA. Like, I mean, not sorry, in New York. Literally, like, went to a like a club lounge place in Chelsea, and then immediately there were all these rumors and like just like fans captured it. And it was showed up on Instagram, um, oh and then I don't know any of this stuff unless I hear it on your pod or see it in <laughs> our in our Ringer Slack. So this is news to me. Wow. But but Bree has boyfriends. So they're just like hanging out as friends. Okay. Um. But Greg wants but, to be a part of Bachelor Nation, you think? Well, I had heard that many of the women of Katie's season, or many of the women of Matt's season, did not like Katie. And I think that Greg does not like Katie. So there's probably a, a place to bond there. So there's that. I don't know if Greg wants to be in Bachelor Nation. I do think Greg is thirsty. So yes, I, you know, I I feel like because I've I've um, defended him in the last couple of weeks uh, in, in all of this, I've... I and the, this podcast has lost track of the fact that I've been deeply suspicious of Greg since I first laid eyes on him. And I think he's just like the most basic Murray Hill bro. So I'm not surprised he was waiting online to get into a, like a quote unquote club on 16th street in Chelsea that like maybe I would have gone to in high school. So <laughs> I do think he wants to be in bachelor nation. 
I predict we see him on the beach in 2022. Okay. Uh, yeah. He just I feels think- like he's destined for paradise to me. Right. He also, totally. I mean, he's got, he's just, you know, despite all of the the team divides here, I have to imagine there are a lot of people out there who are just like, Greg looked great in that suit. And is he did look hot. great in that suit. And- I don't find him attractive, but I was like, wow, great summer gray suit. Good stuff. There were so many shots of Greg pacing in the hallway or looking at himself in the mirror behind the scenes through a stitch throughout the episode before he finally came out. It was unbelievable. Greg certainly oh loves God. Greg. There's no doubt about that in my mind. I also, whatever. Um, other Bachelor news that you pro- probably hasn't made it to you. Guess who's back on the market after a nine month relationship? Tyler Cameron. Shut the fuck up. Tyler and his really hot girlfriend broke up. She when? unfollowed him. She unfollowed him and blocked him on Instagram. Like, well, yesterday. this is like, Breaking I was going to say, this must have been this weekend. Yes, it was this weekend. Oh, Who knows my God. Is he okay? Does he need comfort and care? I don't know. Should we check in with him? <laughs> yeah. See how he's uh, doing? Here's the thing about Tyler. First of all, I'm sorry to hear that. They seemed like a great Hope couple. everyone's doing okay. He Hope did everyone like call is her, okay. He called her a soulmate as recently as like 10 days ago. It did ago. seem like I'd they were quite in love. Live. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's really a bummer to hear. I'm genuinely sad for him and for them. I, I hope he's doing okay. Um, Tyler remains just a glistening beacon of perfection. Like a, he's a, so a, hot. a, a, a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I am uh, consistently in awe. I'd say that like of our correspondence with each other, it's like, you know, 60% work, like 30% just life and friendship. And then no matter where we are in time, it's steady 10% of just trading, trading links to Tyler's Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> it's important content. <laughs> oh my God. Except the thing is, it's like that no one ever says anything other than Jesus or holy shit or wow. <laughs> Insane. What That's else another is there to say? The common response. Um, He's very special. So, so yeah, Tyler, single. I wish sure him the best. Hope Me he's too. Okay. There were some pictures of him with like a blonde. So I think he's finding comfort. Oh, okay. at least phys- physical comfort in the arms of someone else as he recovers emotionally, probably inside. I don't know. Tyler, we always wish you the best. And also his girlfriend seemed great. So Camilla, I think, I hope she's okay. Hope they're both okay. Yeah. Um, I think that's all the Bachelor Nation news I have for you. I am really looking forward to Paradise next week. Let's, as, as you know, I just, I just want some fun. That's all I'm looking for in this life. I, I, I really cannot wait for paradise. On the one hand, I go into every paradise season saying two nights a week. Oh my God. And then at the end of the second night, I'm despondent that I have to wait the better part of a week to watch it again. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's so deranged in the best possible way. It is a balm, a balm. And I can't wait. A bomb. We can't wait. Um, I'll be back on Thursday with Callie. I mean, we'll talk so much more. There's so much we didn't even scratch the surface of from this finale. Kai McMullen, thank you for producing this episode. Mallory Rubin, thank you for joining me for more Mallory. Check her out on The Ringerverse, which is The Ringer's podcast for all things fandom and nerd culture. As Mallory mentioned this week, she and her compatriots, Van Lathan and Charles Holmes, talk about Suicide Squad. So check that out. And I hope everyone is doing okay after the cringe fest that was that finale. Talk to you on Thursday.